Welcome back to Philadelphia Sports Radio. We're going to start here today with them birds. They clinch the number one seed in the NFC, NFC East champs, and you know what that means. We're smoking on that NFC pack. The road to playoffs goes through Philadelphia. But also at the same time, the league is still disrespecting the Eagles, man. Mad disrespect. I was looking at PFF's uh, all-pro list. Hassan Reddick ain't on there. I don't know how you don't have Hassan Reddick on there. Like, man has second most sacks in the league, most forced fumbles. What more can you do to get on an all-pro list? Like, what y'all think about that? Like, the disrespect, man. Bubbles, who who all all was nominated um, for – for the all pro teams, was it? We had more. For, for, I think Gardner Johnson was on that list too. Um, Gardner Johnson did not. I think he may have made second team, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. the first team, first team is Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and Darius Slay, which nothing against Darius Slay. I love me some big play Slay. You know what I'm saying? But this year, he was not the best corner on the Philadelphia Eagles. James Bradbury was. He had the lowest passer rating amongst cornerbacks in the league. I don't know. Like, I think the PFF ranking, like, all pro rankings here are complete dog shit. Because they they just disrespect. Like, I understand not putting all the Eagles players on there. That's understandable. But Hassan Reddick was a stud in the league, one of the better players on defense. He doesn't get his nod. And James Bradbury plays out of get a nod. I mean, I don't understand it. I was telling Cam, you know, we have so many star players on this roster this year. And it, it, it literally reminds me of that we're back in 2017. Now, after this offseason – we're going into it to where I'm looking at it as to where we're back in 2017 again. We we're coming in with, and I thought we had more cap room than this, but as of right now, we have going into the off season, 15 million in cap room. We have a lot of key free agents, although the cap room could change when uh, the league adjusts the cap size this season, but we have guys like Miles Sanders, Cox, Graham, Hargrave, Kelsey, which I think if, if we have a really good postseason run that he's going to call it a career because we got Cam Jurgens waiting to step in and he gave the nod when we were going to draft him. So I can see Kelsey hanging, hanging it up because he's, he's done, done everything you can ever ask for in Philly. He is what Philly is and he's a future hall of famer. We have Gardner Johnson Epps, which I'm okay with letting Epps walk and Bradbury who we know like, Bubble said, one of the best corners in the league this season. Huge signing from a division rival. But I can see him, like Steven said before, too. He's going to want more than 10 mil. We don't have that, unfortunately. And guys like maybe Kazir White, who had an amazing season, is going to need to get paid. Uh, What's your guys' take on that? Um. I think, man, if you can't draft that dude, Andre Carter from the Army, the linebacker, because I don't, I don't have faith in T.J. Edwards, dude. I think he's terrible. I've never been sold on T.J. Edwards. I just don't think he's a good player. I've never ble- believed the hype on him. I believe, I think that if you can't draft that dude from the Army, Andre Carter, that you draft a corner at number ten, you let Bradbury walk because, like you just said, dude, he want he's gonna want ten plus million a year. We don't have that to give him right now. He is good, yeah, but you have to think of the money, dude. And why would you pay him when you can draft a corner? If there's even a good corner, like, in the draft right now, but that you can have locked up for the next four years, you know what I mean, instead of paying him. So I just – I don't see them moving forward with Bradbury, but – or, honestly, Fletcher Cox either. I think Fletcher Cox is going to either be done or go somewhere else for maybe a year or two. And definitely with Kelsey, too, if they go to the Super Bowl – and if they win it for sure, I think he's going to hang it up and just hang it up as a Super Bowl champion. But if they make a playoff run and 
lose maybe in the championship or something like that, then I don't think – I mean, I think he plays again next year. I have to disagree with you, Lori. I'm not going to lie. The I agree with you with Fletcher Cox. He is older now. He's not as dominant. We drafted Jordan Davis. Let Fletcher Cox walk, whether that's a retirement or, you know, or he just goes to another team. I'm cool with that. James Bradbury, on the other hand, cannot walk this year. We cannot allow it. The one player that is going to ask for an outrageous amount of money, and I believe the Eagles are going to say, hell no, we're not doing it is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is going to ask for a lot of money this offseason. That's just the honest truth about it. But we have an opportunity sitting at 10 to possibly go out and get one of the top two running backs in this draft in Bijan Robinson from Texas because all the teams in front of us need help at other positions. They don't need a running back. Then you look, say somebody does take Bijan Robinson. There's um, the running back out of Michigan. He's a stud. He was a stud all season. Yeah. He got injured later on. He He's pretty good. He's a good replacement Not for Miles Sanders. But you look at like, like you said about Jason Kelsey. I think here's the thing. If Jason Kelsey does not, win a Super Bowl this year, he comes back next year. He's going to give it one last shot. He wants to get another ring. That's just – exactly. Like, I don't think there's one singular Eagles fan out there that wouldn't love yeah, to yeah, see another exactly. Jason Kelsey speech in Center City. Absolutely. But if he wins it this year, he's going to walk. And we're going to let Cam Jurgens take over, and I think we'll mesh pretty well uh, going from there. Kazir White, Kazir White needs to go, man. I don't know if you've, like, looked heavily into his stats, but the back half of the season, Kazir White was letting up. He, I think he had, like, a 104 passer rating when targeted. He let up, like, almost 200 yards in, a, like, like, a very short game span. I think we let Kazir White walk. I don't think he is that valuable to the team. We have Nicobe Dean, who is a ball hawk in the in Philly. And TJ Edwards, he's top 10 in tackles this year. The man is all over the field. Yes, TJ Edwards has issues when it comes to the pass game. But he is tenfold from what Kazir White is. And if TJ Edwards is, he's still sitting on a kind of smaller contract. Let him rock with it. Let N'Kobe Dean get into the game. He now has a season under his belt. He now knows what the NFL is about. I think the, the Eagles that you are not going to see next year are Kazir White, um, possibly Derek Barnett. He was injured all season, and I think Philly found, Philly found their guys, man. They got Hassan Reddick. They got Josh Sweat. Like, those are two amazing studs you got Brandon Graham who is still like he's in the conversation of comeback player of the year man got 11 sacks off the bench that's insane but I think we let Fletcher Cox walk let Jordan Davis in the offensive line is going to stay pretty much similar I think there's a possibility we could see Lane Johnson leaving in the next two years so we might draft in the second or third round a tackle to because Jack Driscoll ain't it. <laughs> he is not it. Even when we had Hurts in there, because uh, some people were saying, oh, like it's much harder because, you know, we don't have Jalen Hurts. Even with Jalen Hurts in there, there was constant pressure. There was constant, uh, like, um, mistakes on run plays and stuff. And we saw uh, Jack Driscoll just get beat a lot. And we weren't going up against, like, a stud team last week. That's just the brutal truth. So we might draft a tackle in those later rounds. 
But other than that, everybody's locked up on pretty good contracts. Jalen Hurts is going to look for a contract soon, and they're going to start clearing up space for him to have his contract. And I think he's going to take somewhat of a cut to stay in Philadelphia so that we can go on more uh, playoff runs. I do want to reel it back into the draft pick. So I do think that – I think how he's going to get rid of that 10th pick for something. And, like, I don't know what he's going to trade for. I'm hoping defense because that does need to build. But I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on what he's going to do if he was going to take somebody or if he's going to trade that away for either more picks in later rounds or somebody that might be cheap. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too, Cam. I was I was thinking the Eagles, they don't really need, like Bubble said, that he thought that they might take a running back at 10. That's I think that's way too high to take a running back. And honestly, they don't need any other help on offense. And I mean, if they would, like like Steven said, get that get that linebacker out of Army, you know, that would be a nice pickup for them. But yeah, they they don't really need that pick. So I could see them definitely getting rid of that for another piece, probably on defense. Hopefully on defense. The only way I can see us really keeping that pick is if Bradbury walks. Say Maddox isn't obviously he's a he's one of the best nickel corners in the league when healthy, but this season he hasn't been as healthy as we all wished for. But if Bradbury walks, I can ultimately see us draft in a corner at ten, maybe even trading down in the draft because we do have two first round picks, and I can see us maybe building on that with Hargrave too, like free agency with Hargrave, I don't necessarily want to see Javon Hargrave walk. You know, I think he's been proven that he's a star in this league, although he is 30 years old now. And we do have Jordan Davis, but Jordan Davis isn't really necessarily like your typical pass rushing D tackle. Like he's more of that run stopper, that big guy that's in the middle. And he's consistently hurt. Like, with our D-line, what I noticed that we have been doing since around like the 2016-17 season is we shuffle in our guys. We rotate a lot to where everyone – that's why people want to come and play for Philly's defensive line, like Nadama Katsudis here, Limbaugh Joseph, is because although maybe they get 15, 20 snaps a game, they're also in there producing at that time. Like if you are a fifth string in Philly – that doesn't really necessarily mean you're an actual fifth string because you're going to get your opportunity to play. Now, if I could see Hargrave walking, which I don't see us bringing Fletcher Cox back. I know he came back on a, we cut him in the off season. He came back on a 1.5 base salary and he, and he actually produced very well this year. So I could see him again. Like, like I said, in the last podcast, People, when you play in Philly, they like restructuring their contract. They like coming back and playing in this organization for a cheaper deal than going somewhere else. But one of the notable free agents that I would like to see, and he's also, I believe, like six, five or six years younger than Javon Hargrave is from the commanders, De'Aaron Payne. And he's, he's been a force in this league for a while. So with them having Jonathan Allen, and what he's being paid over in Washington, I can see them leaving uh, leaving De'Aaron Payne walk, and then maybe Philly comes in and swoops him up. So I can't, my belief here is that you're going to see a lot of restructuring over this offseason, no matter what happens in playoffs. And going to what Cam was asking here, with what are we going to do with that 10th pick? I 100% believe, in my, you know, personal opinion, that we go running back. I 100% believe that. But, it say in a scenario where Bijan Robinson's taken off the board and so is the Michigan running back, you're going to have where you're looking at, well, we're not going to get a, a top three running back or top two running back that's actually going to be worth our 10th pick. And I believe if we trade out, there is one team. There is one team that is going to want our pick. It's the Denver Broncos. 
the Denver Broncos are going to try everything in their power to find something to get into that top 10, whether it's trade away one of their better players, trade away maybe a lot of picks later in down the road. Well, what do you think that, they need that they'd be coming in at a 10th pick? What'd you say? What do you think that Denver necessarily needs that they'd need to come into that 10th? What, Bijan that they need? Because Javante Williams, although he had a torn ACL with Nathaniel Hackett out, I don't see them necessarily going at running back. No, they will not. They will not. And this is where you look at um, they they need to upgrade on their offensive line. So they might take one of those one of the top prospects on the offensive line if they're still available. Also, at the same time, they're going to look at some uh, like they have one of the better. They have, I believe one of the best defenses in the league. They constantly were in low scoring games. The defense is a reason why the team was in close games this season. Um, so I think they're going to have some holes on defense because some guys are going to look for more money and they're going to look to, you know, go somewhere else to get that money. And I mean, we heard all season how disappointed that defense was with Russ and with, the offense and everything. And if they don't get everything going right, I see a lot, not a lot, but a couple of those key players just saying, hey, I'm done here. I'm not dealing with the Russ, you know, Broncos country, let's ride stuff anymore. I'm going to head out. I'm going to go get myself a bag. And we're going to see that from a lot, a couple of the Denver Broncos defensive players. And if they can make it into the top 10, they're going to draft either an offensive lineman or they're going to draft to fill in one of those holes from a defensive player that's leaving. And there's a lot of defensive studs coming into this draft. I watched that uh, national championship between TCU and uh, Georgia. And don't get me wrong, TCU didn't even put up a fight, but that give credit where credit's due that defense that defense looked godly for a reason there are a lot of studs on that defense and i believe a couple of georgia defensive players will be drafted in that first round and i think denver has if they can get into the top 10 they're going to try and take some of those top uh georgia players see dude i have to disagree with the Philly drafting a running back at 10. I just think that's way too high to draft a running back unless it's like an absolute stud. Um, maybe like, because like Luke said, um, the Eagles have two first round picks, man. Like they could take a running back with their last first round pick and that would be all right. Like that, I don't think that would be too high. But I um, definitely think 10 would be too high to take a running back, but I could see them trading it. The only reason I say that they're going to take a running back in the first in that with that top 10 pick is because if you like I watch a decent amount of college football I keep up with it all the time and if you are looking for an absolute game changer and you're staring at him on that board Miles Sanders is cool and all he's a he's I love Miles Sanders but at the end of the day, this is a business, and Miles Sanders right. is not going to – running back is not worth the money. Like, you, you, you want a good running back. I agree. That's, but if you're looking on the board and you see B. John Robinson, I see no way in hell that the Eagles say, ah, we're trading away from it because they are going to want him because he is an absolute game changer. He is – He's one of the better running backs in the past couple of years. And that's a lot to say because we have some really good running backs that came out of college in the past couple of years. I don't know. And I just think it's, it's hard to take a running back at 10th overall. You know what I mean? I do agree with not paying running backs. Like I don't think they're going to pay Miles Sanders either. And I wouldn't pay Miles Sanders just because he hasn't really done anything when the Eagles haven't had the best line in the past. What? 10 years this has probably been the best line for the eagles maybe even more 
Um, and yeah, he's doing good this year, but what has he really done in the past couple of years? You know what I mean? Is he really worth the money? He is doing good this year because of that line, but the line is pretty banged up right now. So we'll see what he does coming in playoffs or whatever, but I don't think that they're going to pay Miles Sanders, man, but I don't think that they're going to draft a running back 10th overall. I could see it with that last first round pick or maybe like in the second. And I do agree with you drafting the, uh, the lineman too. Yeah, I don't – the one reason I don't think they'll draft a running back is because with the, with their offensive scheme, they, they don't utilize the running back that much. The Miles Sanders, he's been getting 10 to, 10 to 12 carries a game and maybe one or two receptions a game. Like, they, they don't really utilize the running back that much with Jalen Hurts' legs, with his R, RPO, uh, you know, there's just – there's just not that big of a need in that offense for a running back. So I think they definitely won't pay Miles Sanders because it, it won't be worth it. He just won't he won't return what they're given. But I don't think they'll draft one either because they have they have some holes that, that they could fill that are more important than a running back when they can go out and get a running back for cheaper. I 100% agree. Yeah, I think I think that we don't necessarily need to draft a running back. Like Ethan said, with our with our system that we run, I feel like any running back can really come in and, and uh, produce at a high level right now. With um, the last two seasons with Miles is was plagued by injury a good bit, and also they were basically running a three running back committee with him, Gainwell, and Boston Scott. And then when Gainwell wasn't there, it was whoever you wanted to throw in, uh, Clement, et cetera. Um, I believe, though, yeah, our offensive line is, is is as good as they come this season. And, again, in the 2017 season, we had an offensive line that was impeccable. A guy that I think is getting little to no credit on our offensive line and has stepped up, which everyone in that offensive lineman room have been saying his skills are impeccable, who he is as a person is, how his development changed, and now he is possibly going to walk in free agency, is Isaac Sayamalu. I wasn't necessarily a fan of him because he reminded me a lot of uh, Vitae, who went to Detroit, and I think it was like 18 or 19. He reminded me of him. And a guy who necessarily like never panned out with Philly, who I'm happy he's walking. I wish we could have traded him before is Andre Dillard. He just never panned out, and he was this stud that we picked up in the first round. But, he like, when we picked him up, him and Matai, or however you say Jordan, they both battled for that. And, obviously, um, Dillard was supposed to win. Dillard was who was supposed to replace Jason Peters, and he just was flat out not strong enough in training camps, was just getting bullied around. They weren't even using moves on him. They were just bull rushing him right back. I, I think, though, we need to keep um, our our line as it is. Like We need to re-sign Sayamala because offensive linemen are really hard to find in this NFL, and especially when d- these D tackles are only getting bigger and stronger, you need guys that are able to be that person that can block them. And if we see – our key piece in the middle of that line, uh, Jason Kelsey move, and then Cam Jurgens steps in. We're going to need veterans there to go and help him out a lot. So I guess we'll see Landon Dickerson. Wow, is he proven? Is he proven himself? And that's a guy that, hey, you're thrown in right away to the dogs and you're a pro bowler. So there's, there's reasons. I think we need to keep the offensive line and – I, and we don't have that many picks in this draft. I know we have a good – we have two first-rounders. I don't know. I think we have two seconds or one second and a fourth or something. But I can see us trading back because we know Howie Roseman loves to make deals. And I can see us then maybe going and bulking up in the later rounds as well, also getting maybe a late first, early seconds, and then bolstering to where we can come back in the draft and pick up some guys there. Yeah, I think I think they'll do that as well in the draft. I think maybe they'll they'll maybe trade their first oh uh, their tenth pick. They might trade that, but then they'll take their second one. And I think 
they'll bulk up, like you said, in the later rounds, just to like fill out the defense more. And it all it also matters like what goes on in the off season with the, all their free agents. Yeah, depending if we can restructure people or if they want to go and turn their base salary into bonus. Need to work on our cap room if we're gonna go and give Hertz this money, which I've been reading that he is due. He's doing. It's not anymore to where you say, all right, your last year of your rookie contract, you're getting paid after that. No, you are going to play that out, but you're going to want that extension. And, I mean, I know Hertz isn't, isn't really in no rush because of the season he's having. And if he just keeps playing like this, but, I mean, against the Giants, he didn't look too too hot. Obviously, he's – Sirani said he was in a lot of pain, and he's, like, forcing himself back into the lineup. Obviously, we needed to clinch this number one seed for obvious reasons with – being banged up as a unit but I I need we all as as Philadelphia fans we all need Hurts to be at his best coming in into this postseason no matter if we play Seattle if we play the Giants whoever we we need to be our best you know like th- this isn't no re- regular season game it's one and done when you're in a postseason and all these guys are coming on their a game and say we go to the Super Bowl, like Cam said in the last podcast, or maybe to fade, the AFC is a lot more stacked than than the NFC side. And if you want to go up against a team that has all the momentum right now with Buffalo, you better be bringing your A game because in a game like that, it's going to be the team that may, makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win. You were mentioning the playoffs. So, I mean, what do you think that, who do you think we're going to play? I'm thinking – the Giants, to be honest with you. I think the Giants have a good shot over beating the Vikings. And then we got Tampa and Dallas. If the Vikings win, we're going to either – we're probably going to end up playing Dallas. I mean, that's a – that would be a huge game going into, like, a rivalry game. So, I mean, who do you guys think we're going to end up playing? I'm, I'm hoping it's the Giants again or, or Dallas. I hope it's a divisional game. Yeah, I'm hoping it's the Giants too. We, we killed them the first time we played them. Both teams completely healthy. Uh, second time we we handled them, we could have blown them out again if we just converted in the red zone. So Giants obviously would be the preferred option. Uh, I, I don't think anyone sees the Seahawks being the Niners. So I'd say that's how, that's out of the question. Uh, but yeah, I could see, I could see. I mean, everyone's been saying, oh, the Giants are like the underdog pick of the week, but I I, I could see them winning, but I don't think they will. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think they'll win. But I think. So I think we could either play the winner of the Cowboys or the Bucks. Honestly. So what I was thinking here, <clears throat> I think I'm a, a little bit off track of everybody here. So first off, if say all the favorites win next week, Dallas is the favorite against Tampa. Vikings and 49ers. If that happens, there is no way in hell that <laughs> Dallas walks into Philadelphia for a playoff game and walks out of there with a victory. There's no way. There's not a chance that that team, this team that we have right now, they're a bunch of dogs. That's that's bottom line. They all embrace the city. They love the city. And they want to put out for the city. They are not going to disappoint the city of Philadelphia and lose to the Cowboys at home in a playoff game. Won't happen. But I do not see us playing Dallas. I see us playing a scrappy hard-nosed team in the Seattle Seahawks. I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it right here, right now. Seattle Seahawks go into San Fran this week. They lost twice to San Fran. Both were close games. None none of the games were like blowouts. Yeah, it's a divisional game with them. Seattle is going into this game, and they are going to walk out of San Fran because they are going to bully they are going to bully Brock Purdy. 
I do not care how many weapons you have. The quarterback is one of the most important positions on the field. It's a team sport at the end of the day. I give it that. But Brock Purdy is not going to perform to the level that everybody's been used to these past couple weeks because they've been playing a cakewalk of a schedule the past couple weeks since Brock Purdy's been in. They have one of the lowest win-loss records that they were going up against. They were blowing opponents out because you have CMC, Debo, Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. It's pretty easy. And George Kittle. It's pretty easy to dish the ball out. But what I'm saying is Pete Carroll's going to say, all right, I know defense. I know how to stop this team. I know how to do it. And he's going to prove why he is one of the better coaches to ever step on a field. And he's going to prove it this week against San Fran. Then they're going to come to Philadelphia (laughs) and they're going to get blown out. But he's going to prove why he deserves to continue coaching and why he's one of the better coaches. He's going to make it a staple this week. I'm calling it. Okay. That is quite the hot take, man. Yeah. That's a very hot take. And one problem I have with it is you mentioned that Brock Purdy, he's played a very easy schedule. Brock Purdy, his second week starting, went into Seattle and easily handled the Seahawks. So I I do not see any possibility. That the Seahawks are winning that game in San Fran. They're they're ten point underdogs in the playoffs. Like, come on. Although we're not underdogs this year, how we were like even when in two thousand seventeen when we were the first seed and we were wearing a dog masks and stuff, we were underdogs then because we uh, dealing with the injury with Wentz. But how I look at it and awful like with Chris. Dude, you're coming into Philly. Like, this this stadium's going to be loud. It's going to be like the Legion of Boom back in the Seattle 12th, man. Back when the Legion of Boom was there. This stadium, you don't want to come into Philly. They're the most harsh crowd. You're going to be hearing them all game saying some of the most cr- rude stuff, some of the most just horrible things you've ever heard in your life. They don't care about your kids, your wife, your mom, your dad, no one. So, oh, you're you're going to be right, right there yelling. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't see any team like necessarily, and I'm not saying it because I'm an Eagles fan to, for to death. I just don't see any team wanting to play Philadelphia right now. And hot take of what Bubble said with Seattle. I mean, it could happen. Like you you see underdogs all the time who pull it out, but I necessarily don't see the Seattle Seahawks coming up with that firepower unless Geno Smith can pull it off with having a defense like San Fran too. Like they're not just, it's not just their offense. They have a great defense as well. Maybe, maybe a, a little like their secondary isn't the top that you can see, but it's also dude that it's a division game. Brock Purdy, has he, has he even lost yet? I don't think no. so. No, he hasn't. Well, his day, his day's coming soon in the postseason, because I'm going to tell you that San Fran ain't going to the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. I can see I can see if the Philadelphia Eagles, by some magic, do not get in, that we're going to see Tom Brady squeeze his ass into the post, into the Super Bowl. But by all means, anyone is welcome to come to Philadelphia just to get this beatdown that's been a brewing. And, and our whole season, like, like, for example, we, we started off insane. You know, we didn't even lose up until the Commanders game, and we were still just getting dogged. Like, and no one was giving us any credit. They were saying that we were the Steelers from two years ago where we have this easy schedule. I could give two shits. When you're in the NFL, you come in, and any team, any team on any given sun, Thursday, Sunday, Monday can come in and win that game. You're an NFL team. There's a reason that you're an NFL team. So I don't want to hear, oh, their schedule was this and that. No, it's 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 the NFL. Like I said, uh, any team can win. And you can keep counting Philly <clears> out. But when the postseason, this is when it matters because you're not – you're after you lose, you're not sniffing a football field up until August or September. So better bring your best game. 
So I got to make one point because Ethan put this out there. You got to be careful what you say. Brock, Ethan said Brock Purdy handled the Seattle Seahawks. Went in his second game. First off, 21-13. That's an eight-point game. That is not handling a team. When Seattle, not though, at all. When Seattle was, on, was on fire, though. This is when they're on fire. And they're back on fire even more now. I don't think Seattle's they, beating the 49ers, man. But no, yeah. Brock Purdy threw 65% for 217, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and 125.9 QBR. That is great. That's amazing. Brock Purdy isn't doing that. <clears throat> He's not going to be able to do that in playoffs. Then you look at Geno Smith, 31 for 44, 70. 0.5% completion percentage, 238 yards, one touchdown. He had a 94.9 QBR. I'm telling you right now, Geno Smith is going to put Seattle into the next round. I love – I think if you want to take the spread and cover – and put it there because I don't think it's going to be a minus. I don't think it's going to be plus 10. Even if Seattle loses, I do not think it's going to be a blowout. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to put my pick in for the Seattle Seahawks. That's my pick. That's my pick, man. I think that offense, dude, that 49ers offense is just way too high level, man. Brock Purdy is playing phenomenal right now. He might not look like that in the playoffs this year because of the pressure. Who knows? Because we haven't seen him in the playoffs yet. But Christian McCaffrey, dog. Debo Samuel, dog. Brock Purdy is playing like a dog right now. I 100% believe that he had – I 100% have faith that he will beat them. And I really don't think that Geno Smith is the long-term answer over in Seattle either, dude. I think that they end up drafting somebody like C.J. Stroud or something in the draft here coming up. Honest to God, I do. Because why wouldn't you take the chance on somebody like that? And that 49ers defense is phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're for sure better than Philly's defense. They're playing impeccable right now. I do think that if um, Philly goes to the late round that and the 49ers are there, that it really will be a contest, man. But I do have faith in the Eagles. I do have faith in Jalen Hurts. He's a dog. A.J. Brown's a dog. Devontae Smith is an absolute dog. I'm so sick of people saying how he's skinny, this and that. He wasn't going to be good in the league, this and that. Ever since he got drafted, dude, he's a freak. Absolute dog. He said he set the franchise record for a wide receiver with 95 receptions in his second year. That's really good, dude. A couple weeks ago, he only That's had 860 yards. He well. finished with 1,200. That is good, dude. He is for sure a top 12 receiver, maybe even higher. You could make a case for him at 10. He's a dog. A.J. Brown, fourth in receiving. I, he was four yards away from having 1,500 yards. He beat Diggs out when Diggs was, I think, like 150 yards ahead of him. He ended up having more yards than him. He's a dog. A.J. Brown is the answer in Philly long-term at wide receiver one for Philadelphia. He is probably going to finish as the best wide receiver to ever play in Philly. He's already setting records in his first year. He's a freak, dude. He has the build for it. He's just – I feel like he's – just because of his build and the way he runs routes and everything, it's so hard to cover him, man, because of how big he is. Like, he runs perfect routes. He really does, dude. That double move that he had against the Saints was perfect. And when, like, for example, when we played the Titans, when he had that 40-yard touchdown, it got called back, and he scored another one next play, and he just runs the dude over. Like, you do not see that often, man. He's, like, he's just – he's he's a freak. He's a freak. I don't even want to hype it up like that right now because I want to continue this debate, but I think that the Eagles would beat the 49ers too. But not the Seahawks, no. Nah. Yeah, I, I, I could see with uh, Seattle, though, that they do keep Geno just because what he had uh, with our comeback player of the year, how you were saying about Graham. Geno Smith has always been counted out. So I can see maybe Seattle, maybe Geno gives them the ride. You know, you, you ride that horse up until it up until its legs give out. So 
Gino Gino hasn't hasn't done nothing actually wrong this season. Like he's been playing to where he's a Pro Bowler now. He has you know? been playing good. Yeah, I just don't think he's the answer long term. Like you know what I mean? If they're gonna draft a quarterback, you, and you have a high pick now, so why not do it now? You know what I mean? Or if you want to ride with Gino, ride with Gino. But I honestly think that they're gonna end up drafting Stroud, man. Honestly, but yeah, they do have not? a good pick in the draft or whatever. Yeah, they have a very high pick. Yeah, it can. They go have either. a lot of picks from the yeah, Russell trade, so. Yeah, I could see them stacking up at quarterback. Pretty much everything they need, honestly, because like Cam said, they have a lot of picks. So, but maybe they'll make a run next year. I just don't see them beating the Forty ers defense. I don't see them like how you said that they were going to bully Brock Purdy. I don't think. I think Brock Purdy will take some hits and some pressures because I don't think that just because he has playoff. I don't think he has any playoff experience. I mean. But I just – I don't see them getting bullied. That 49ers team is so well-rounded. They really are, man. And they're just – they're a huge threat in the NFC. They really are. I think they're Philly's biggest threat. I'll say it again. Yeah, every every defense that, I, that I'm looking at in the NFC is no joke. Maybe the Giants in a way. And Minnesota hasn't been playing up to their standards on defense. But, like, the Bucks, that's – that was a top defense in the league the last two seasons. And I mean, like I said, Tom Brady, you don't necessarily want to play him. Although like a lot of people are, and can include it is saying that we ain't scared of Brady. It's just, there's always just something about him in the playoffs that you don't necessarily want to see him. But like I said, last podcast, I'd love to see Philly get, get their hands on Brady just because they, he sent us home when we squeezed in last season so I can I can see a, a big battle coming with with teams like like I said is when they're coming to Philly no team really wants to play Philly but you know when you're coming to play Philly this season that it's it's all or nothing like this is you want you're in for a rough game but yeah, yeah you want to knock Philly out of the postseason like I think Philly is probably one of the most hated teams in the National Football League in my opinion. I think they are the hatest team, the most hated team, yeah. honestly. Besides maybe Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, maybe Dallas, actually. Yeah, you're right. But but I think teams like no one wants to – if you aren't a Philly fan, you don't want to see Philly do good. You know, that's just that's just the, the thing that Philly fans deal with is people love to see us with our heads between our legs crying after a loss and flipping out this and that. But I'm going to tell you this first and foremost – I will I will be down there at that Super Bowl parade just like 2017 when we go there again this year. I pray to God we do and we better. Jalen Hurts needs to step up. You want 50 mil? Postseason is where it matters. So step it up now or forever hold your peace, Jalen, because Philly's gonna eat you alive if you don't. Buzz talk's going on a riot down there at the Philly parade, bud. Bro, sponsored. Sponsored beer yeah. and everything. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and I agree with Cam with yeah, the whole man, we ain't afraid of Brady thing, dude. I'm I'm not I don't think we're afraid of Brady either. I think he's no. not the same Tom Brady this year as he's as he's been, man. He's not really looking the same. But it all does change in the playoffs for Brady though, man. So but I agree with them hundred percent. We're not scared of Brady. We're really not. Before, the best team in the league. Before we move on to um the Sixers, because I know we have to get moving on to that. I just want like your guys' opinion quick on a guy that we talked about up until he really got necessarily thrown in there. I don't think we're going to pay Gardner Minshew, obviously, but do you guys see him maybe possibly being a starter or a high higher paid backup in the league next year? Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't think we'll keep Gardner at all. Like he's. I think he's gone after this year. Um, I think. I think what could happen is Brady, I think this is last year in Tampa. I could see Garner getting signed down there and getting a deal there for and starting there. Because Kyle Trask, Trask, he ain't it. Uh, we, we haven't even, even seen him play, but just like seeing him preseason, he just doesn't, doesn't look good. He doesn't look like a franchise QB. So I think they could definitely be in the market for him. Also, there's just reports like that are saying that maybe Indianapolis, because they might move on from Matt Ryan or he just might completely retire from the league, 
Sam Ellinger is not their answer. He he reminds me. Sam Ellinger reminds me a little bit of Kyle Trask in a way. If if you know, so I can see maybe he goes down to Indy and and always gets those two games against Jacksonville where he can go and show them up for giving up on him. But I would love to see Garner back. Obviously, that's not happening. But Garner's like that guy. Like if we didn't have Hurts. I would love Gardner just because of that guy who was sleeping in a in a school bus, uh, at, in a gym parking lot this off season. So like, he just has that Philly mentality. He's a very hard worker, very humble, and and I, I mean, all all due respect to Gardner, I'd wish him well anywhere he goes because he didn't do nothing wrong to Philly. And any guy that ever plays in Philly, besides like anyone who bashes Philly, like Terrell. Just, I like seeing them do good. So that's that's my take on Minshew. And uh, Minshew, wherever you go, farewell to you. And I hope you do the best in your future endeavors. I have <clears throat> I have a feeling Gardner Minshew is going to start in the NFL next year, and that's just going to be a fact. But there is a team that is really quarterback hungry and didn't they exceeded their expectations this year? The Commanders, and that is the Washington Commanders. They don't want Wentz. Taylor Heineke is a cool ass man, bro. The man puts in a zin after a game. He he's he's one of us. Like he's a guy. He's a dude. But they're gonna look to move on from him. They're gonna they they seen Sam Howell how he plays. He's not bad, but he's not a starter in the NFL. I think they say, hey, let's go get Gardner. What's the worst that happens? Because like at this point, if you're a Washington Commanders fan, you just need something to root for. Like you're the stadium's falling apart. You can't even put up a uh Sean Taylor statue. You have to put up this weird, so weird. JC uh, Penny mannequin. Yeah, like they, and then they put gear that Sean Taylor never wore in his life on this mannequin and call it Sean Taylor. No, you're not getting anything right in in Washington right now. And if you look at Gardner, you're like, okay. I mean, there's a couple teams that are or a couple quarterbacks that are going to be in talks with Washington next year. Derek Carr, he's he's going to be looked at by the commanders. But if they he's lose the out Jets. on all – That's right, Cam. <laughs> That's right. But if Washington – because not many people want to play for Washington. They really don't. And – if they lose all the sweepstakes to the big quarterbacks that are hitting the free agent market, Gardner Minshew's door is wide open to step into Washington. And I I don't want to have to root against Gardner Minshew twice a year. I'd much rather him go to, like, the Panthers or something. But, like, hey, beggars can't be choosers. If he chooses Washington, good luck accepting those two games a year because Philly's got to come for you. Washington, though, does have that that uh, ideal spot, though, that you'd want to be for a QB. Their line isn't really – their line isn't that good, but it's average, I would say, you know. And But when you have, like, a guy like Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas is, like, iffy with his health here and there. And then, like, Curtis Samuel started stepping up towards the end of the season. He's just he injury that. prone. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but it is, like – a quarterback's fantasy to go and play with a, a thousand yard receiver every year who hasn't necessarily had quarterbacks. So you know who I think they're going to take, man, the commanders. And I 100% believe it. Jimmy Garoppolo, dude. I 100% believe that Jimmy Garoppolo will be wearing a Washington commanders Jersey next year. 100% because they have the weapons to make him good. He was under Brady and Patriots dude, for what? Three or four years. He's he has experience, dude. He was he played well in the 49ers for the majority over there. He he's not bad, man. I don't think he's better than Derek Carr, but I do think he's better than um Gardner Minshew. And I do think that I'm 
pretty positive that he'll be wearing a Washington Commanders jersey next year. I think Derek Carr is going to the Jets. I think Garoppolo's going to the Commanders. And I don't really know where I could see Gardner playing, honestly, because I just don't know if he's starting caliber. I do think Gardner has his moments. Don't get me wrong. I love Gardner Minshew. I liked him in Jacksonville. He's a dog. He's not like he's a dog human. He's not a dog football player, but he's he's the man. And um, I just think, man, I would love to have him as a backup in Philly. I really would if he would agree to like some kind of small deal. That would be great. Don't get me wrong, because he's definitely a top three backup in the NFL. But I just don't know if he's starting caliber. I think he has his moments. I just don't know if he's the right option to have for a full season of football. I really don't. Closing out with the Eagles. Eth, how about uh, we get started in the Sixers? What do we got with them? Uh, so the Sixers, they've been playing pretty damn good the past couple weeks. They started off the season slow. Uh, I think they were like one in five and then they're kind of hanging around 500 for a little bit, but the last, the last three weeks or so, uh, the last 16 games, they won 13 of them. So they went on an 18 uh, or an eight game win streak. Uh, and that was with injury problems too. You know, James Harden, he was out for almost a month. Maxi was out for more than a month. We just saw Embiid come back from a three game uh, three game injury. Um, but yeah, he's he's playing as good as ever. Embiid, that is, uh, averaging 34 points. He's getting his assists up this year, which is that's a really good thing to see. The only thing with him is just the turnovers. But uh, uh, yeah, he's playing good. Uh, James Harden, he's he's playing his role really well with Philly. Like when when. When you see James James's uh, stat line, and you see from maybe three or four years ago, he was averaging thirty points a game, ten assists per game, and then you see it drop down to this year being twenty two and eleven, you're like, wow, he's playing worse. But really, that's exactly what Philly needs him to do. They when when you have a dominant big man like Embiid, you need someone who can facilitate the the whole offense not just score. And because Joel Embiid, he needs the ball in his hands. He needs to get to the free throw line. So I think what James is doing is really, really good for the team. And Maxi, he's just he's just been a spark plug like he was last year. And he could, he could just get a bucket whenever you need him to. So, yeah, I think they're doing really well. Last night, they won by 31. It was against the banged-up Pistons team, which they're already – not the greatest, but a 30-point win, uh, that's that's what you expect. So I, I like I like where they're at right now. They're about to go out go out west on a five-game road road trip. So I guess we'll see what their record uh, prevails after that. I guess that'll tell us where they where they really are in the standings with everyone else after that road trip. I believe didn't Harden drop two triple doubles the last game, right? Yeah, he had a triple double last game against the Pistons. So yeah, going off of what you said necessarily, yeah, when you see stats like how he produced when he was in Houston and then it drops down, you're just you know you're in your role now. Like it's not just you when you were in Houston. You're playing with Embiid, you're playing with an up and coming superstar like Maxi eventually a future all-star in the league. So, yeah, like you said, Ethan, it's not necessarily his stats. Like, yeah, they're not where people are like, oh, what happened to Harden? What happened? No, he's playing his role, and and that takes a lot for a guy, a, a, a former MVP and a former scoring leader in the league to go and say, you know what, I'm going to take a little less money this season. I'm going to go to Philly. Let's go and shoot for this chip. And I'll, I'm going to play my role. I'm going to come. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he came in uh, one of the lightest he's weighed coming into an like a beginning of a season this right. year, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's just playing his role. And also, when you have a guy that is an MVP caliber to where he can go and do it all. Like, if you really need James Harden to step his game up, he's going to take it to another level if needed. You know, there's, he always has that in his arsenal. 
and guys are going to always worry about James Harden. Like, he's not no joke, but if he plays his role, that's when unselfish ball is probably the best ball that you can get if I'm not – if I'm – um, if I think I'm right in that take. I think something we got to address here <clears throat> with uh, you guys talking about um, the triple-doubles as of late and um, his scoring going down. You, He's a point guard or a shooting guard. Wherever we can intertwine that with Maxi, that's uh, whatever he's, you want to say. Our, he's our point guard. He's yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's taking the but, ball court seventy five percent of the time. All right, but still, point guards in this league, you're not seeing a lot of point guards going out there and grabbing thirteen rebounds, fourteen rebounds. You're not seeing a lot of point guards do that. James Harden is saying, "Hey, if my team needs me to go out here and grab ten boards." throw 12 assists and have 21 points and that guarantees us a win. He he's realized, Hey, I'm going to just do whatever it takes to continuously keep winning. And like we've seen when Embiid steps out of the lineup for injury or for rest, Harden steps up, his points go up, his assists go up. Tyrese Maxey steps up. So it's showing a lot of promise for the long run here that we don't necessarily need to have Joel Embiid on the floor every single night in the regular season to be one of the top teams in the East. And, you know, vice versa. That big three, you can take one of them out. And, you know, in playoffs that can't happen because that's a different breed. But when we're sitting here in the regular season, we need we have a couple game stretch where they're supposed to be easy wins. I've seen a lot of past Sixers teams drop games that are not supposed to be dropped. And it's kind of we're looking at it now where Joel Embiid steps out of the lineup and they step up and they win those games that they're supposed to win. This is a team that has something on their shoulder whether it's a chip, whether it's whatever they want to call it. They got that jaw on their shoulder right now. And at the end of the day, it's going to be how far can those three players take us? Because don't get me wrong, P.J. Tucker is a good player. He's solid. Our bench players are pretty solid. But at the end of the day, you look at the Celtics. How far can Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum take them? That's what Celtics fans are asking. I think Celtics, though, they've proven how far they can go. Yeah. Yeah, they've They've proven it. Don't Don't get me wrong. They've proven it. But you can't just go there and lose and then next season just sit out. Like, you have every year you have to keep putting up you keep you got to keep going with the grind and if we see like I don't see the Sixers taking a step back from last year I think they really have something like they're angry and they're playing like it and I think they're going to carry this for a lot of the season and especially if the Eagles make a playoff run the city the city's atmosphere will be unmatched unmatched we got to see the Phillies make the World Series. That hasn't happened in, uh, what? 12 years. 11 about. years. Yeah. 12 years, something like that. So, or 13 years, because it was 09 we last made the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Eagles are on the verge of a playoff run going towards uh, what everybody in Philly thinks is another Super Bowl run. If they could pull off, a Super Bowl win, I think the atmosphere in Philadelphia is going to be absolutely nuts. And that big three, if they can carry us all the way through, they're going to do it, man. They have a chance. They have a shot. They can see it. They just got to play with anger. And they got to stay healthy, too. That's it. I agree with you, man, for sure. I think they're the big three in Philly for the Sixers, and I I think they're going to – they got to carry them right now, man. But I don't – think that Doc Rivers is the answer in Philly either, man. I don't 
I don't like Doc Rivers, dude, at all. Like, I don't think he's – I didn't like him as a Clipper. I don't like him as a Sixer. I wasn't on the right page with even signing Doc Rivers, dude, honestly. I really don't think – yeah, he's he statistically has the wins and everything like that, but the game has changed, man, in the last 15, 10 years. You know what I mean? Basketball is a little bit different now, and I just think – I don't really think Doc Rivers is the answer at all. I Embiid – yeah, he's he's really good, but he always gets robbed for the MVP, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to end up going to somebody that scores a ton of points all the time, that shoots the ball all the time, like Luka or something like that, or maybe or Tatum probably, honestly. Since we were talking about the Celtics, I think Tatum is the front runner right now, actually. But um, Harden, um, I'll go over to him. He's This is why we brought him to the Sixers, dude, to – to do his job to assist Embiid in the way that he's doing right now. And I agree with Chris 100%. I think that the Sixers are angry right now. I think that they're really going to make a run this season. I don't think this is the same team as last year. I just think that the coaching is is not there. I don't agree with it. See, my problem with the Sixers is I feel like I feel like Sixers fans, we've been saying the same thing for the past 5 years. We always have a big 3, whether it was Joel Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, or Joel, Ben Simmons, Jimmy, or this year with Maxi Harden and Embiid. We always have a big three, but when it comes to the playoffs, at least one of them is either injured or doesn't show up. So we've been saying for the past five years, if we have a big three by playoff time, they'll all be playing great together but it just doesn't seem to happen. But it's only a matter of time until, like, Maxi gets hurt or something. I know what you mean because it's, yeah. like, almost like a Philly curse. But um, the atmosphere, dude, especially if Philly makes a – I mean, the Eagles make a playoff run, that atmosphere, like Chris said, dude, is going to be unmatched. There will be people in that city climbing up telephone poles and like that, riding all night. Literally, dude. Like, that city gets so – crazy it's ridiculous and especially dude since the phillies went to the world series the eagles make a deep playoff run maybe even go to the super bowl and then the sixers do the same thing too they're gonna burn that city down dude like they really are they're gonna be climbing skyscrapers it's gonna be ridiculous going off that with with the sixers um that was a good take with everyone. Uh, we don't have much with the Flyers this week, huh, Cam? So you want to throw in what we got with uh, the Phillies? Uh, yeah, so the Phillies acquired uh, Gregory Soto and uh, Cody Clemens. So that helps out their bullpen a ton. I mean, this is looking to be one of the second best bullpen in the NL East. So that's a big step from last year and even years prior because, like, their bullpen sucked for a long time. So – I'm hoping if their offense could produce and their bullpen could give their starters some relief throughout the season, I mean, they could they could be very, very dangerous, hopefully. Soto's a two-time All-Star, ain't he? Yeah. And he's pretty young, so. Yeah, I don't know how much he signed for, but uh, they also got uh, that Strom from Boston. Yeah, Gustavo I saw Diaz that. And Alvarado. Like, they, they're – pretty set yeah they're stacking up dude big time they're trying to make another run yeah and i'm glad that um correa isn't going to be with the mets either man his leg must be really damaged though man if they if they aren't agreeing with him um he Uh, went back i was just talking to eddie about that so me and eddie were thinking that it has to be something more than his just his leg it has to be because these teams don't have you usually have these issues if it's just injuries well i was gonna throw out maybe like something's wrong with his tests i don't know like maybe he's doping uh he's he probably uh, been passed on this physical today oh did he for the twins he passed this physical with the minnesota twins so he's just heading back room. to the minnesota he's then. heading back there and i think he's getting less money than he was predicted beforehand so minnesota has him he's locked up in minnesota congrats to him because that team is yeah, I'm glad he's on not water. <laughs> I wonder what it was, though, man, with the Mets then. Like, why wouldn't if – And even the Giants, too. Yeah, if he, it was so easy for him to pass his physical, then why? Yeah, It'll come out. There's something. It will come out. Yeah, it'll come out. It will. 
but it looks like we're wrapped up for today. Yeah, that's that's all we got for this week. All, all right, right, tune well, in, tune in next week, and uh, we got the fade coming. We're shooting tomorrow. Tune in for this. What do we got this coming out, Cam? Friday. Uh, so the baseline came out today. We're releasing early. So it's like yeah. Christmas every day here at Buzz Talk Sports. So every week we're going to be releasing the day after we uh, record. So schedule is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for each of the podcasts until we get the NBA and uh, UFC podcast up and running. So hopefully we'll get them up soon. But we got the baseline out today, the fade coming up, hopefully by Friday. And this one's going to be released tomorrow. So sounds good. Sounds good. Tune in.